anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What is up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And back with me after a brief day of yard work, which is why we're a day late with today's episode, is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What does Hillbilly Yard Work look like? A whole lot of mowing, weed eating, tending to goats and chickens, taking care of the dog pen, uh, and then a whole lot of gardening, getting out in the garden and cleaning up around all of the tomatoes and cucumbers and squash and pumpkin. We're, we have a ungodly pumpkin patch. It's, it's going to be crazy. If, if half of the blooms that have come out on these plants actually produce pumpkins we're going to have at least 25 it's going to be insane i've also sold 10 dozen eggs today i'm having a i'm having a big day it's, 10 dozen eggs yeah i'm very rich <laughs> I, I am very jealous of your garden although i don't know why you're growing fucking pumpkins but tomatoes and cucumbers and stuff hell yeah we yeah tomatoes cucumbers peppers uh carrots lettuce I don't think my beets are going to put out the soil. The, the, the carrots seem to be doing good, but like carrots grow more down, whereas beets grow more out and the, the soil is pretty, uh, it's pretty heavy here. So the, the beets don't seem to be doing as well as the carrots, mm. uh, which, which kind of gives me concern because I would like to start doing potatoes. And if I'm going to do potatoes, I'm probably going to have to do, an extensive amount of groundwork to get stuff softened up enough that potatoes will grow. But I, that's that's a future project. I, I love I love the gardening shit. Like like remember when remember when they had the whole Chaz chop thing going on during the yeah. summer? I like, do. They, they threw down tarps and they just like dumped potting soil on it and then stuck some fucking tomato plants out there and thought it was going to work. And then surprise surprise, like two weeks later, everybody's starving to death because. They can't grow shit like that. Like I always, I thought that was like um, an interesting microcosm of how the average moron who doesn't know anything about gardening thinks that like agriculture works. Is you just put, you just stick something in the ground and then you get shit off of it. It's like no, there's like there's literally months, if not years, of prep work that goes into getting your ground to the point that you can actually grow certain things. Sometimes, like I. I'm probably two years away from being able to grow potatoes because I need to do soil work to get this plot where I can actually grow potatoes. And the same, like the beets was a, an experiment to see 
how it would work and it's failing miserably so you know it's like one of those things that you have to figure shit out you don't just like throw throw something in the ground and then you you get food you know yeah yeah that's pretty funny but they'll they'll look down on all these farmers as as dumb redneck hillbillies yeah i i know very little about uh soil and gardening in general um yeah i've had basil plants in the past but I, I would love to have a fucking garden and just get like, uh, yeah, fresh vegetables, maybe like a fruit tree or something. But I guess I got to figure out where I'm going to live first. <laughs> yeah, you probably need a uh, slightly more permanent residence. Yeah. Go. And some out like I have outdoor space here, but it's all balcony. So you need yeah, you need some land. You know, that's that's interesting that you say that. So we um we went to the Indiana Libertarian Party state chair's birthday party a couple of years ago and got to meet Joe Jorgensen and hang out with her and her husband and uh, my wife and Joe Jorgensen got to talking about uh, like bucket and like potted plant gardening because uh, Joe and her husband live in uh, like she's a professor at Clemson so they live like in town so they're really interested in growing gardens and doing stuff like that but they don't have yard space for it so there's some pretty cool stuff with like um where you can use balcony space or like porch space or even indoor space to to use buckets and potter and pots and stuff like that and produce a pretty decent amount of like you're obviously you're not you know feeding a family of six or anything but you can get a pretty good harvest off of stuff growing in pots if you manage your space well so it's it's really cool i i i i'm all about like grow grow your own shit and a lot of the like i have a lot of buddies who are agris types and and have goats and chickens and and ducks and geese and hogs and all the like and gardens and we talk about this stuff all the time like uh, i'm all about it so if anybody if anybody listening to the show wants to wants to try to figure out how to start growing a garden and you're you're worried about space or whatever like there are all kinds of ways and we, we can help you figure out how to how to build your own uh terrace garden or whatever you want to uh, balcony garden <laughs> yeah or go <laughs> um go check out the episode did i put that episode out with jim uh who's the guy that that's growing oh all yeah the, the the ag guy uh did you put that out i can't remember i know we had talked about we had talked about running that one i'm pretty while, sure i did i'm while pretty you were in sure Europe, i did I was, on vacation yeah i think you did put it out actually yeah go listen to that episode he's um that's what he's doing he's helping people like create these communities where you grow stuff and it's yeah i a very interesting conversation with him it's not something i i know a lot about but i use a lot of uh fruits and vegetables in my daily life so because i cook i know I, I really i really i really hated that i couldn't be on that episode when you recorded it like i think i had to work that night and uh, it was like, man, this is like right up my alley. Like, yeah, I know. I, I almost considered just letting you do the interview. <laughs> it's like, why am I talking to this guy? <laughs> oh, man. But I, I just wrapped with Mikkel Thorpe. I did the expat money show. That guy is great. Had a really nice uh, chat with him Went for about an hour. I think that's going to come out in a couple of weeks. So I uh, should look forward to that. It's it's all about me. Um, but yeah, no, I had a great conversation with him. I really like that guy. So um, I figured I'd just stack podcasts today since somebody bailed on me yesterday. 
terribly sorry. What's uh, what do we got on the docket today? Oh, um, let's see. Do we want to talk about the U.S. economy? I mean, we're doing great. We're uh, simultaneously getting our credit rating uh, knocked down from AAA to AA plus, while also bracing for chaos as one and a half trillion dollars in student loan pauses will be ending soon. Uh, yeah. Which one do you want to start with? Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me let me try to find this. Um... I, I just saw something on Twitter earlier today. God damn it. I, I should have, I should have flagged it up oh, here. It is. No. Nope. Yeah. I'm going to send this to you right now. It's uh, the, the way that the Democrats are spinning this, the people that carry water for the Democrats is like, Oh, the economy is really good. It's just, people have been convinced that it's bad because people are so easily manipulated. If you drill down on that Twitter thread I sent you, there's a video of um, uh, who's that hack on MSNBC. Uh, he he talks about how great the economy is, and they you know they cite all these metrics, you know the the job creation, uh, more jobs than ever than any other president, thirteen million four in the last four million in the last couple of years, inflation's down, and uh, manufacturing jobs are up, and. We talked about how they're cherry picking these numbers, but the idea that the economy is just really good, but people are being uh, propagandized to think that it's bad and that Joe Biden is mostly a good president is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the reason most people think the economy is bad is because they're living in the economy. I don't care how much uh, smoke you blow up somebody's ass telling them that the the economy is good. You know, they've, they've tried to do this in communist countries, like there's memes about it, you know, like Cuba and Venezuela. It's like, oh, yeah, the Maduro is talking about how everything's so good. Um, but you go to the store, you can't even buy it. You can't even afford to buy a bag of flour if there's one on the shelf. If there's even one there for you to buy, period. Yeah. Yeah. You want to pull me to pull this video up? This. <laughs> yeah, let's listen to let's listen to how good the economy is. And then we'll we'll go from there. The U.S. economy is in way better shape than just about anyone predicted a year or two ago, way better shape even than under previous presidents, both Republican and Democratic. So let me break it down for you today. Let's look at five key economic areas, jobs, manufacturing, growth, inflation, and wages. First up, jobs. The unemployment rate fell to 3.6% in June. It's now been under 4% for 17 straight months. That hasn't happened in more than half a century, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Employers added an average 314,000 jobs a month this year through May, plus another 200,000 last month. That's almost 2 million new jobs in the economy this year alone. In four years, an office economy lost nearly 4 million jobs. Yeah, but that just means Biden is benefiting from a post-pandemic bounce back, right? Wrong. We actually got all the pandemic jobs back by last summer, summer of 2022. And in the 12 months since, almost 4 million new jobs on top of that. So sorry, GOP, we've gone way beyond pandemic recovery here. Since taking office, Biden has added more than 13 million jobs to the economy, and he's created more jobs in two years than any other president has done in a full four-year term. In fact, so far, he has created more jobs and the last three Republican presidents combined. And those job gains are being felt in heavy industries. 
Remember, the previous president ran as the guy who was going to bring back manufacturing. We're here today to talk about rebuilding our nation's infrastructure. Isn't it about time? We will once again rediscover our heritage as a manufacturing nation. But in fact, it's Joe Biden who's getting America, to borrow a phrase, to build back better. Employment in U.S. manufacturing is at its highest level since George W. Bush was president. 800,000 new jobs and $200 billion in new investments by manufacturers fueled by Biden's new spending via the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, and the Chips and Science Act. In fact, in a research note last week, that the top, uh, the well-known socialist institution, Morgan Stanley, wrote that Biden's Infrastructure Act is driving a boom in large-scale infrastructure led by manufacturers and builders. More new roads and new homes are being constructed. In fact, Morgan Stanley says Biden's economic policies have proven so strong that the bank was forced to revise its own estimates of U.S. growth upward. So let's talk about that growth. Just today, new growth figures came out showing you... Let's talk about that growth for just a second. I think this is I think this is a good spot to to transition over to the article about about that amazing growth that we're getting. Uh, where we're where we're having a uh, where to where to put it? There we go. Where we're having our credit reduced because uh, because we're not in fact having a, a major growth. U.S. credit rating downgraded in a shock move because of deterioration in standards of governance. So this comes from uh, the or from the uh, Global Ratings, Ratings Agency, Fitch, where on Tuesday they downgraded the U.S. government's top credit rating from, uh, from AAA to an AA+. And they, like this, the stuff that they cite for this is... There's been a steady deterioration in standards of governance over the last 20 years, including on fiscal and debt matters, notwithstanding the June bipartisan agreement to suspend the debt limit until January of 2025. Like the 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 Democrats and Republicans, but specifically the Democrats were like touting suspending the debt limit as this massive win. And then Fitch comes out and they're like, um, this was not a good thing. This is like bad this is bad governance. We're downgrading you. Right. Yeah. I mean, the reality is they a double A plus rating is way too high for the U.S. Um, you know, we are completely bankrupt. And they, yeah, they act like the problem is that there's this ceiling on how much debt we can take on. And as long as we get rid of the ceiling, everything's fine because we can just keep borrowing more money. Um, if you have $32 trillion in debt, and the only way you can pay off your current obligations is by borrowing more money, and by borrowing, like they create, they print it, they create it out of thin air, and they sell these bonds to you, pretty much the Federal Reserve. But if there's any other countries dumb enough to buy it at this point, yeah, they'll buy that too. Uh, does that really sound like you're on good fiscal footing? Like the only way I can pay off my current credit card bill is if I take out another credit card to pay that off. And it's like, if you just met that person on the street, like you, you met Joe Biden's economy on the street and he's like, yeah, you know, everything's going really well. <laughs> um, I, I took out a, a third mortgage on my house. I've maxed out two credit cards and um, 
in order to pay off my visa, I need to get my I need to get a MasterCard in addition to my American Express and my Capital One. And I'm just shifting. Like, does that sound like that person? Things are going really well for that person. Like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Versus like the guy that's like, yeah, hey, I just paid off my house. I paid off my car. I'm debt free. Yeah. Well, and Janet Janet Yellen says that uh, that <clears throat> that Fitch is wrong for the downgrade, and she called the she called it uh, arbitrary and based on outdated data. And I think it, yeah, this it's it's outdated data that we're uh, thirty two trillion dollars in debt. And we're we've we've done some deficit reduction, and and now we're now we're only we're only deficit spending at like half the rate that we were last year. So that means that. <laughs> But that means we're cutting into our debt, right? Or at least we're not accumulating debt as fast as we were. So it's outdated data to say that we're we're doing terrible. Yes. Yeah, we're only it's like it's so it's so crazy that they can get away with this kind of stuff where yeah, instead of running a a trillion and a half dollar deficit, we're only running a trillion dollar deficit. And and so yeah, we're on really sound fiscal footing. What is the plan for the 32 trillion? Somebody lay that out for me, how we're going to pay that off. Are we ever going to pay it off? And the answer is no, like not honestly. They could pay it off through inflation, inflate it away. But there, there's no plan. There's no plan. What They're not even talking about paying it off. All they talk about is how we can figure out ways to increase it more. Right. How we can get away from the things that are keeping a lid on this debt. Yeah, it's- there's not a... There's not a plan for reducing the actual deficit. There's just re- re- plans for reducing our deficit spending. Like that's it. That's like how can we still spend? Well, how can we still spend a, a metric fuck ton of money that we don't have, but not quite as much as we were before? Right. And and then of course the second anybody mentions cutting government spending or government programs, it's uh, you know you've never seen people more hysterical about it. Uh, especially in in government but it's just like yeah maybe maybe a 10% like could you imagine a 10% actual cut to government spending it's never happened before it, it, spending has gone up every single year <laughs> but imagine if instead of spending the same amount even if they just spent the same amount as you know this year to next year that would be incredible but actually cutting like 10% of government across the board wouldn't it wouldn't be enough and it's like completely outside the realm of realm of possibility they'll give you 1% over 10 years and 1% not, cut to the growth to the growth of spending <laughs> right not not actually cutting the spending itself just cutting how much we're going to how much more we're spending yeah it is it is absolutely ridiculous that we still have a double A plus rating on, on government debt. I mean, the only reason for that is because they can just print the money. Uh, the, the thing is the money's not going to be worth much uh, pretty soon. You know, it inflation is they'll admit to like four or 5% inflation. I forget where it is right now, but man, anybody that, that know that goes to the grocery store, that's gone out to dinner, that's living in the economy. Um, they know where the real inflation rate is. They're they're really proud of inflation because you know they had the the Inflation Reduction Act, and at its worst, inflation got up to like nine percent. At least that's what they were saying. The, if you looked at the actual metrics and the reports, they were showing it was probably closer to like twenty three percent. But they were 
like they they capped it it said it was like at its worst it was nine and now it's down to like five so they're really they've really <laughs> done a great job of reducing the 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 inflation yeah and of course they've they've rejiggered all of these numbers to give you a lower number like if you calculate inflation the way they did when i was a kid in the in the early mid to late 80s uh, yeah, it's easily twice, two and a half times the the rate that they're admitting to now. Uh, the same thing for unemployment, the you know the labor force participation rate. I was just looking at it, just even the way they calculate it now. Uh, while that guy was talking, and it's it's still below COVID levels, pre-COVID levels. Uh, it's like two two or three percentage points below that. And if you look. Even uh, pre-COVID was below was about three percentage points below the early 2000s. So, like, yeah, there's a lot less people in the labor force, which is going to bring down your unemployment. Uh, and, and yeah, it's been under four percent. Yeah, it's because people have stopped looking for jobs. Well, that's the that's the really crazy thing about that. Like all the numbers and stuff that he was giving, the way that they go about looking at these and just kind of like cherry pick the numbers and set their metrics to fit what they want the report to say. Like this created 13 million jobs or whatever. That's the, like whenever they're talking about that, they're basically just taking a running a running uh, total of every month reporting since Joe Biden came into office. That's not actually how many jobs have been created. That's like when you include jobs lost with new jobs created, like the it's not they have they haven't actually created and the government hasn't had anything to do with any job creation, but they haven't actually created 13 million jobs. And every time they come out with one of these reports, sometime within the next month or two, they come back and they and they revise uh, it. Yeah, revise it down. Yeah. And usually they either revise it down or they take it into the negative. Like not only did we not create 200,000 jobs this past month, we actually lost 100,000. When they do these, like this guy taking these numbers, they didn't go back and look at the revised reports. They just went off the initial reports and said, okay, every month we've created 200,000 jobs. We've created 13 million jobs. We're killing it. Like, okay, yep. you're all- And of course, a, a lot, a, a huge percentage of those jobs are based off this birth death model that they come up with, which is as worthless as any climate change model or COVID death model that they come up with. And they just assume that a certain number of businesses come into existence and go out of business during that period. And well, let's see if you have a really rosy outlook and you think the economy is great. Well, obviously, we're creating a ton of jobs. So let's just put that into our model and we'll just assume that this number of jobs were created. It's all so ridiculous. I don't even know why anybody pays attention to these numbers. And, and the people like that live day to day, Americans are fucking struggling. And if you look at the next generation, um, we have that article about how the pause on their student loan, their biggest financial obligation are probably these student loans. Now, there's an entire generation of young people that are just entering the workforce who are responsible for paying into the Ponzi scheme for the old people to retire. But also now they have to they have a mortgage payment, basically, but no house in the form of student loans. And uh, they can't afford to buy a house because housing prices have gone up, interest rates have gone up, the the mortgage rates are like seven percent or something like that. There's just no way that uh, these people can afford to pay off their student loans and buy a house. Like the American dream is completely, as the government would would describe it, uh, it has been completely destroyed. 
Yeah, and uh, like in this particular instance, the one and a half trillion trillion dollars in student loan that is coming due now because they they did the COVID pause. I can't believe the student loans like like they in the the mortgage moratorium and all of that uh, a year or so ago, maybe a little over a year ago, and like you know everybody kind of had to bite the bullet on that, uh, which that was that was insane to me to begin with, like. I don't know if you ever got like if they ever reached out to you about it or how like how your financing was set up on your on your condo or whatever. Whenever all of that happened, I got a I got a letter like explaining how the moratorium worked because uh, my mortgage is through Wells Fargo on my my old house, and so like I got a letter explaining how the moratorium worked and that you could you could just not make your payments and it would be fine. They wouldn't foreclose on you. It's like yeah, except that. They're going to continue to charge late fees and overdue fees and and all of this other stuff. Like, yeah, you can you can just not make your payments. They're going to charge you late fees for not making your payments, and they're not forgiving these months. They just keep accumulating so that whenever the moratorium ends and you have to start making your payments again, now you've got however many months worth of missed payments plus late fees, and now they're free to come after you and foreclose on you all at once. Like anybody that took that deal was a absolute fucking midwit. If even that's even, if even that, uh, and like, it, it can't be any different for the people who just took the, the student loan pause, like surely to God, they didn't like just say, okay, you just don't have to pay this. Like they've still been adding up interest and fees and everything else. You just, you just might've gotten away with not having to make the payment every month. Right. And it's it's not as if all of these people with student loans have been setting aside a bunch of money for when the pause ends. They've been banking on the Biden administration, wiping out a lot of student loan debt. That doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And so they were spending all this extra money on things. And of course, the way government measures the economy and the growth in the economy is by spending. And so all of this money that should have been going towards student loans was going towards these kids, you know, buying things, going out to dinner, going to bar, spending money. That's all going to end now. Uh, and they are going to have to start paying off this debt. If, if they have job, like the, the scroll down and read through some of this, it's such a mess. Like nobody, it's like just so typical of how the government does things. People don't know when they're supposed to pay, who's servicing the loan. Uh, <laughs> this has got to be one of the most confusing things I've been through, said Courtney, 28 uh, year old Courtney Young, who will be working with her third federal loan servicer assigned to her in four years on her $54,000 in government loans she took out to study at Winston-Salem State University. It doesn't say, I don't think it says what she studied, but man, uh, imagine taking out $54,000 in government loans to study at a state university. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> any school with the word state in the name, probably not worth taking on uh, fifty dollars to $100,000 worth of debt. But yeah, the whole thing is just screwed up. The, the government... Uh, you know, loan servicers, they don't have the technology. I guess they're like on outdated computers and they don't know, they don't have enough staff. They had to lay off a bunch of staff. And now there's like, nobody has the training. The whole thing is just a colossal train wreck. 
And now the Biden administration has launched a beta version of a revised income-driven student loan payment platform, SAVE. Now, if history is any indication as to how this government platform is going to operate, I'm going to picture I'm going I'm picturing something around uh, the Affordable Care Act, where they spend uh, what was it a hundred million dollars on a website and the thing just crashes the first day. Immediately, like right off the bat, as soon as people start logging in, crash and burn, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's- uh, imagine getting paid a hundred million dollars to to create a website too unbelievable like so great and the website doesn't work and you're just you're making out like a fucking bandit it it, but yeah they've completely screwed up not only have they screwed up the entire education system and um created this debt for 1.5 trillion dollars for gender studies students to pay off Uh, they can't even figure out how to take the payments now they've screwed that up as well it's unbelievable like do never underestimate their ability to screw things up. This is going to be interesting to see how this whole thing rolls out. Because, <clears throat> number one, this is already a disenfranchised voting block. Like, they were promised student loan forgiveness, and then they didn't get it. And now they're being, or now they're being like set up for this new payment plan and, and all of these like systems to help them get back into paying after they're going to start getting like absolutely punched in the face by this whole thing. And you know, it's going to crash and burn, you know, it's going to blow up in their face. And not only that, but like males in that particular demographic is already one of the groups that has been slowly moving to the right over the last few years. Like if this whole thing just keeps on like rolling over on itself and blowing up in their face, and the administration that keeps promising to take care of them keeps not. Like, it, it, could, it could potentially be a uh, red-pilling moment for a significant part of that demographic. Yeah. Not, I mean, not that there is a government solution to this at all, but it, it could turn them against the, the ones who have been making a lot of promises and delivering on exactly zero of those. Yeah. And if you see down here, 47% say they won't be able to make all of their monthly student loan payments. That drops to 29% for those making between 50 and 99,000 uh, 99, uh, 99, a year. And 14% for those making over 100,000. So even people making 14% of, of people making six figures can't afford to make all their student loan payments. And how many people uh, with uh, all these ridiculous degrees that they overpaid for are making six figures? Right. Like if you're in your 20s, you're you're probably not making six figures. Like I don't I don't care what your degree was in. Like you didn't come out. You didn't come out with that much student loan debt to a job that you're making. Yeah. Very, very few people are. Yeah. Um, very few people in general make. I, I mean, I think in order to be in like the top 10 percent or something of earners it's like 300 grand or something like that so yeah this is a big problem and this is the the generation that's supposed to be you know carrying the torch and a lot of these people are in their 30s their 40s like those are supposed to be your prime earning years and you're still hamstrung by these debts um you you don't have any property the the dollars that you're earning are losing value faster than you can 
make up for it with invest. You're earning no interest on any savings if you have it. Um, it's it's a really bleak picture. Uh, I don't care what um, economic figures or numbers or snapshots uh, Hassan takes on MSNBC. People people are feeling this. And it doesn't matter how many times you tell them the economy is good. If it isn't good, they're not going to believe it. There have been multiple clips of, of like journalists talking about how great the economy is and how it's actually not that bad. And then in the same segment, admitting that they don't actually do their own grocery shopping. They don't put gas in their own vehicle. Like they don't do any of that stuff. They have they, they have somebody who does that stuff for them. They make enough money that they don't actually know how much money they're spending on any of those things. They don't know how good the economy is. They don't know what the cost of living is because they make enough money that it doesn't fucking matter. They, they, they don't have to worry about it. Like they're not, they are, they are part of the one top, you know, one, 2% that they yeah. can, they can sit up there and say, Oh yes, the economy is doing great. Yeah, because they're just looking at some bullshit numbers on paper. It's like, yes, according to those numbers, the economy is great. Uh, they don't but, live in the real world. Yeah, those numbers are, like, you might as well just scribble anything you want down on a piece of paper because that's as, as meaningful as those numbers are in those statistics. Yeah, anybody that actually is living, I mean, Americans have been living paycheck to paycheck for the last 20 years. And now those paychecks are shrinking. Inflation is eating more of them. They have a higher debt burden. They're in the same position as the U.S. government. <laughs> like um, debt, debt up to their eyeballs with interest, uh, debt service, and interest rates rising. Okay, yeah, things look really great. Yeah, it's it's all working. It's all working out fabulously for the uh, the American taxpayer as they continue to pile more, more debt onto us and come up with more of these incredible plans to to fix everything while not actually fixing yeah anything. i also like how how quickly they ascribe everything to the legislation it's like how when did they pass all of these bills like these like 50,000 page bills it's been like a year and then like the numbers they 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 fudge the numbers to go down over like the next 6 months like oh it's cuz we passed this legislation build back better inflation reduction act that's why we put words on paper man you remember the uh the infrastructure bill as soon as the infrastructure bill got passed they started running advertisements on like the radio stations and stuff around here that you know, this infrastructure bill got passed and the state of Indiana alone is getting $8 billion for all of this infrastructure stuff. And this is going to create all, all these jobs. So come get your like good, high paying job doing this, you know, working on the roads and everything. I am 100% positive that most of the infrastructure work that's being done is they go out as soon as it gets warm enough and they put the cones out. And then a couple of weeks later, they move the cones. And then a couple of weeks later, they move the cones and then they keep doing this until it gets too cold to work. And then they go pick all the cones up like no equipment ever touches the road. Nothing ever actually gets worked on. They literally just move the cones around for the entire summer and pay these guys to drive a truck up and down the road, moving the cones. Like, yeah, I mean, great for the, you know, the people, people yeah. who got those jobs and are taking advantage of that eight billion dollars. But 
holy fuck like yeah, the economy the overall is is worse off it's it's base it's the equivalent of hiring people to dig a hole and then hiring other people to fill it in yeah. I, i've i've been doing this drive from chicago to milwaukee for like probably 10 years now, something like that. It's been under construction the entire fucking time. Now, yes, certain parts of it have been paved over. Like they've got some new pavement there. But dude, it's like, I feel like you could build the Taj Mahal in less time than it takes them to just lay some fucking asphalt down. Uh, the road in front of our, our old house, I moved in in July of 2015. And then we moved out last April and we moved up here. So I lived there for seven years. Every year they come out and they put the cones out in front of our house. And then every year they take the cones up. One year they knocked out three spots and put new, new concrete in there. Every other year, nothing gets touched. They just put the cones out and then come pick them up. It's, uh, I mean, it's. Yeah. Well, and how much of this money that they've allocated to all of these bills has actually been spent? You know the whole the whole libertarian thing with the the, criti the libertarian criticism of the statists and who will build the roads? Uh, who's building them now? Like they're they're not doing it anyway. Yeah, that that's always just such a good one. It's like we have all these really complex things that people have come up with without government um, direction and intervention and legislation. But it's like like we've invented the car <laughs> but the fucking flat piece of uh concrete that the car drives on we couldn't possibly figure out how to how to lay some of that around <laughs> oh god well what else we got uh you want to touch on trump again before we move on to something else this is the trump stuff is kind of getting tiring but they've done yeah. it again he's got another indictment <laughs> let's see this is because he what, what are they accusing him now of lying and weaponizing the the government uh, to try to overturn the election results he yeah he tried to he tried to overturn the election results it's it's a lot of the exact same stuff that they've been saying for uh conspiracy to defraud the united states conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding obstruction of and an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding and a conspiracy against rights uh, against rights okay yeah uh that's the entire fucking government should be indicted on that <laughs> but so wasn't this what they tried to impeach him for as well and none of that stuck yes okay yes this is this is literally his second impeachment that basically got thrown out on its head because there was nothing there was no substance to it uh it's you know People are dumb enough. If you just wait long enough, you can keep doing the same thing over and over again, and they'll just keep biting on it. And that's what this is. Like this is Trump's, this is Trump's impeachment all over again. But like when they did that, that was in you know January, and that was in like February, March of 2021. We a couple years have passed. They everybody's forgotten about that. So now we can just bring the whole thing right back up and act like it's new and fresh, even though. It already got thrown out on its head once because there was absolutely no substance to it. Yeah, it, it really is just absolutely ridiculous how much uh, shit they're throwing at the wall and hoping that some of it sticks to Teflon Don. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it certainly sounds like they're not going to give up until they get them on something. But man, all of the, each time they bring an indictment, it's 
exponentially more pathetic than the one before. Pretty soon they're going to get him for jaywalking. I mean, that would require him to walk, though. I think he probably just has a, I think he's probably just chauffeured everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I did see him get out of a get out of his car the other day, I guess, to like a big crowd of people. And he doesn't look concerned at all. He's doing his little fuck. Dude, the the Trump thing. <laughs> I'll never be able to unsee this, but the way he dances and does his thing, it looks like he's jerking off two cocks. <laughs> Uh, so now every time I see him do that, it's just I, I can't stop laughing. And he does it with like this shit eating grin on his face. It's so goddamn funny to me. I'll have to uh, I'll have to find that a video of that and, and blend it into the uh, the intro for the show or something. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, we might have to come up with video. So should we put in the video of the people talking? Can Ooh. we do that? I could probably I, can do I could probably find yeah those video clips. That'd if you good. can find the video clips, I can splice it together. All right. I'll yeah, think. that would that see that adds some incentive for people to actually tune in for the for the live show. Then you get there to you see go. the you get to see it in all its glory. And then probably at the end we'll just cut to Trump dancing and jerking off imaginary cocks as we <laughs> with his tiny hands. <laughs> big beautiful hands yeah i don't know do you have any prediction as to what's going to happen with these trump indictments i feel like it's going to be a lot of the same there's going to be a lot of posturing and a lot of oh these this is all the evidence that we've got that's going to show that you know trump did something terrible he's going to go away for a long time he, you know like this is absolutely going to stick there's this is irrefutable evidence and then it's going to come out that it's all complete bullshit. They don't actually have anything. If it ever even makes it to trial, it will be a farce of a trial. It'll be like the, uh, uh, what was the, the chick that accused him of raping her? And then, and then <laughs> she got like and, a $5 million settlement. But then they said, but they, they didn't even like, they said he, there was no evidence that he actually raped her. Like, they, they somehow yeah, they still but he still had to pay yeah a bunch of money and this stuff is costing him a fortune from what i understand he spent tens of millions of dollars defending himself against all these bullshit charges i guess that's somewhat successful but you know he can just get more donations and use it for that uh, i i just can't imagine people not getting sick of it like don't you just reach kind of fatigue of trump indictment fatigue not not the people with TDS. They live for this. They don't. They literally have nothing else in their life. Like they, yeah. If it were not for this, they would they would probably wither up and or wither away and die. Like they need the they need the Trump, yeah, the Trump, Trump Fury train. Like they have to have it. Yeah. Well, it'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next year or so. Uh, this twenty twenty four. I don't know. We got the. The evidence He's mounting gonna, against Biden, too, is is getting pretty staggering. Trump is going to run for president with four pending indictments against him. And the DOJ is going to keep like going after everybody who's set to testify against Hunter and Joe. Like, did you see where uh, I can't remember what the guy's name was, Devin Archer or something like that? Like the guy that was getting ready to testify in front of Congress about hunter and all of the like shady business dealings and stuff like that 
they the the White House pushed the DOJ to try to get him arrested the day before he was supposed to go on the stand and testify on nothing. Like they they're just like trying to put they're just trying to lock him away so he can't testify against Hunter. Yeah, it's I mean, when you take a step back and a sober look at what the Biden administration is doing, it is incredible uh, how corrupt they are, how uh, banana republicy they are, how fascistic they are. Like, it's insane. And, you know, of course, of course, all the people that are uh, you know, running through the streets, punching, punch a fascist and all these Antifa people are cheering them on. And this and is no this, this administration is everything they told us that the Trump administration would be like the stuff that they have gone after Trump on is the things that they told us Trump was going to try to do to Hillary and should have by all by all means should have done uh, yeah. like everything about the way this administration is handling literally everything is exactly what they said this is what trump is going to do once he gets in office like they they took their own they took their own playbook and have just executed it yeah accuse the other side of of what you're guilty of and and everything that they're guilty of because they've been in washington for i don't know 50 fucking years it's so much worse than anything they can get trump on which is just it's hilarious and sad at the same time. It's just like, wow. Okay, let's say Trump is guilty of everything that they claim. It's like, all right, just this one fucking Burisma thing with Biden is exponentially worse. Did you see the thing where I wish I'd saved that video? It was it was a guy testifying before Congress where he said that yes, that that uh, Hunter would have Joe on speakerphone when he's taking these meetings with like all of these like big business, like foreign business people and stuff. Like he would have Joe on speakerphone, but they were just talking about the weather. They weren't it, like, he wasn't, he wasn't actually like using his influence on these people to, to get them to do stuff. They were just, he just had him on speakerphone so they could talk about the weather. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I smoked marijuana, but I didn't inhale. <laughs> Depends on what your definition of the word is, is it's just like, <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. How dumb do they think we are? Probably not dumb enough, honestly. <laughs> That's true. The The sad thing is this is going to work on about half the American population. That is 100% accurate. I mean, there is there is fully a third that don't care one way or the other. They They will still vote for Joe Biden even if every single bit of this is completely proven true. Like, yeah. like when, when there was the, when Dennis, Dennis, Joe Walsh, and you had like the parody of Joe Walsh and some of the insane things that, that was, were being said, like the reason that, that that fools people is because it's so on the nose, something that you would expect these people to say that when you see, I don't care if, I don't care if Hunter raped seven kids and they can prove it. I'm still going to vote for Joe Biden. Like when when a parody account says that, everybody believes it because you know that's what's actually going through their head. They just aren't yeah. stupid enough to say it out loud. Yeah. And who is the guy that like said? A yeah. slip and they accidentally sent the tweet. Like <laughs> it's like, who is the guy um, that said Joe Biden could have like bodies in his basement and he would still vote for him? Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember that guy's name. Yeah. Like. Yeah, we've had people that literally say this stuff. So we know 
we know that they that that's what they think like just most of the time they're not dumb enough to say it out loud yeah and that's i mean i'm sure that that cuts both ways with donald trump too i mean donald trump could like he said shoot somebody on fucking state street or whatever in new york and uh and times square and and still get elected yeah that that's the the reality of the the political system the two-party political system people are so dug in I think for Trump, it would probably depend on who he shot. Like if he shot Jason Aldean, then there might be some, there might be some, uh, you know, uh, internal conflict going on for, for some of his base, but like. That's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, if he shot uh, Nancy Pelosi, eh, that might actually yeah, earn I'd vote for him. <laughs> that might actually earn him some on the left. If <laughs> For being honest, there's, I think there's some fatigue with uh, some of these, I think there's some fatigue on on the left with uh, like Diane Feinstein and or Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi and some of these others. Like I, I yeah. do think they're yeah, like the AOC crowd. They really want these these old bags out of there too. So it's it's, it's such an interesting time in American politics, and, and like for me, I just assume it's all a joke and and approach it in that manner and it, it makes it a lot more entertaining and fun like i i don't get super pissed off about a lot of the things going on on the political stage anymore because i do understand that it is a huge farce and like you should look for the humor in it and yeah it's the next few years are going to be super super interesting and i'm i'm really looking forward to it yeah yeah as long as you've you've carved out a, a life for yourself where you're not dependent on what these fucking psychopaths do and you are able to avoid whatever damage they are going to do to the country then yeah you might as well just sit back relax and enjoy the show stop paying your taxes and go hide in the woods somewhere yeah <laughs> it's my uh, life strategy but that was my life strategy for a long time anyway so yeah but um do we have one more story to get through? I feel like there was one more little thing. Uh, let's look at the San Francisco thing. I, I would ah, like to yes. talk, I would like to talk about the France and what's going on in Niger and all that, but that's way too uh, that that we'll try to get to that on Friday, I think, because that's there's a there's a lot of layers to that onion, and I don't think we really got time to do it today. But yeah, let's uh let's take a look at San Francisco. Yeah. After Elon. Let's get out of here on X. Yeah. So. I got to say, I do not like the new branding of Twitter. I hated Twitter when it first, like the name Twitter and tweets. I hated all of that when it came out. This X thing, it, one of the reasons I hate it is because it looks exactly like another icon that I use all the time. And I can't, my brain just keeps clicking on the wrong one. But I, I thought this was hilarious because San Francisco has no interest in dealing with violent crime, with theft, with uh, homelessness, crazy people running around stabbing people. There's never any police force around when it's uh, when things are important to the people, uh, the safety of the American people and things like that. They never have enough manpower, enough time, enough money, all this stuff, a million excuses. Elon Musk puts a big X logo on top of his building and they are, they couldn't get there fast enough. What did he make that? What is that made out of? Is that like, 
Is that like the stuff that you hang a TV on the wall with or something? Well, like that's the like. that's the thing, Justin. We need to get an inspector in there to make sure it's safe, constructed safely. I mean, God forbid something should fall off of there. <laughs> just like so he put the X logo after he rebranded the company. City officials launched an investigation within like a day or two of this happening. They've they've got a guy going down there. They always have manpower when it comes to bilking people with money. They always have the manpower to write you a chicken shit speeding ticket or in parts of California, jaywalking tickets. No, no interest whatsoever in stopping violent criminals because there's no fucking money in it for them. So, yeah, Elon Musk didn't get the permits to do this. He just did it. And so that's really got San Francisco up. Uh, their, their panties are in a bunch. They're, they're going to send a guy down there to inspect it, make sure all the, the paperwork's in order. This is like trying to build anything. It's a great example. So you, you can't just do that. You can't just put an X on top of your building because, man, if, if anybody can just put a, a logo on top of their building, think of the, the chaos that would ensue. So a uh, complaint filed on July 28th. When did the guy make his first stop down there on the, on the 28th or the 29th? <laughs> uh, Friday see. and Saturday. So what yeah. was July 28th? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the 28th was Friday. So yeah. So he's down there that day, as soon as the, the complaint is filed and then he shows up the next day and to their credit, they told this guy to go fuck himself. It sounds like they wouldn't let him into the building. Good for them. That's what they should have done. I, I just can't believe the word, uh, an unpermitted structure on the roof. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is where this is where government's interests are. This is where their motivation is. If there's a nickel in it for them, they will be all over you like white on rice. But if it's a you know if your safety is on the line, they'll show up just late enough to uh, draw the chalk outline around your dead body. It, it really is despicable, and it's a great example of how government operates. Why nobody is satisfied with uh, just government services in general, police protection especially, because they have no incentive structure to do things that people want done. All their incentives line up to bust Elon Musk's balls because he didn't pull a permit. He didn't pay the fees and the fines and everything like that. Uh, and this is this is the most insane part of all of this. Like this is uh, Elon himself said many have offered rich incentives for X, aka Twitter, to move its headquarters out of San Francisco. Moreover, the city is in a doom spiral with one company after another left or leaving. And therefore, they expect X will move too. He wrote, "We will not." I I can't believe he's staying. Like, why uh, yeah. have they not abandoned ship on San Francisco? Like, I don't know. And, and if so, if I was Elon Musk and they send a fucking guy over to bust my balls about putting an X on my roof, I'm like, all right, yeah, we're gone. We're, we're we're out of here. We are going to fucking Texas tomorrow. I'll move the entire fucking company and my $44 billion with me. Go fuck yourself. How about that? I have no idea why he has this attachment to San Francisco. It's sad that like one of the most beautiful cities in America has been turned to shit. But, and I, I guess on some level, I kind of admire how he's trying to put it back together, but. 
what you're up against, like these people need to be taught a fucking lesson. <laughs> it's a great picture. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, I would be fucking throwing my, my big swinging dick around if I was, if I was Elon Musk. You got more money that you got the fuck you money to do it. Be like, oh yeah, you sent your inspector over. Okay, um, I'm not going to pay your fees. I'm not going to pull the permits. I'm going to move my company. It's the thing that's been happening for a, a number of years in a lot of these very large, very progressive cities, New York, Chicago, like people have been fleeing these cities and moving to other states. You now there, there are a lot of states that I'm trying to remember. There, there are some that like you can move your corporate headquarters there and get these massive tax breaks and all kinds of other benefits. Plus like with the way global markets and stuff are like, you don't have to be in a big city to entertain like uh, investors and guests and stuff coming in. Like there, there are good sized cities in more conservative States that have plenty to do. And you can offer them, like you can offer your visitors unique opportunities and stuff like that. And, And like, you know, the the market is moving away from these big cities. You would think that these big cities would be doing everything they can to to be nice to these yeah, more accommodating. Like, yeah. yeah, and get them to stick around. Like, remember when in 2020, whenever like everybody was fleeing from New York City and Cuomo was out here like, Hey, rich people, please come back. Like we we really do love you and need you. Don't don't leave us. And they're like, no, fuck you. We're we're all moving to Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I couldn't imagine being one of these rich people that just gets fucking ragged on constantly by all these pussy politicians, and not picking up and leaving and saying fuck you. Um, it's got to be so satisfying to hear them beg for you to come back. Because their entire, like what's so fascinating about it is their entire philosophy, their entire outlook is dependent on rich people's money, taking money from the rich and giving it to the poor. And yet they don't want any rich people to exist. Ask Bernie Sanders. It's like, well, if you don't have billionaires, where do you, where does all this stuff come from that you want to do? Because you don't produce anything. You have no idea how things are produced. So we'll... (laughs) How is this supposed to work? And they haven't really thought that that through. Do you uh, do you happen to watch the show Billions on Showtime? Yep. I like, I love that show, and it's amazing how like how they make the uh, Paul Giamatti's character like you you can tell that they're trying to make him like feel like the good guy, but all they do is make him seem like more and more of the bad guy, like. He's just irrational in the way that he goes after billionaires and the ridiculous shit that he does. And the fact that a lot of the stuff that he does like actively undermines the things that would be beneficial to the the people and the city. And like, it's like, this is an accurate portrayal of the, like the moron politicians who want to get rid of all billionaires. Like, this is, this is the, this is legitimately what they're doing is they're, fucking up the system that they're reliant on right and he yeah he has this vendetta against this billionaire for like really no reason um and he's willing to do things that are worse than anything this guy did in order to get him it really is just uh absolutely ridiculous (laughs) oh man but yeah it's just like 
I don't know what to tell you people out there that subscribe to this sort of leftist view of the world, but any problem you're having right now is not because somebody is rich somewhere. That They didn't do anything to you. They didn't steal from you. They didn't abuse you. They didn't um, exploit you. No. Whatever like problem other- you have, look look to a, a different cause because it's not because there's a billionaire somewhere. And like other people have explained many times, it's not like wealth is a pie. Like they keep printing more money. So like you always like just because that guy has more doesn't mean that you now you have less. Like right. You yeah. still have the opportunity to go get more yourself. Yes. It's not a fixed. If it was a fixed pie, uh, we would still all just be like living in caves somewhere. <laughs> like we wouldn't have computers. We wouldn't have cars, Internet. All this stuff exists because people created value when where there was nothing there like out of almost was seemingly nothing um we keep getting richer and richer and more uh successful as a species because it's not a fixed pie and you can take resources and create things um from them it's yeah this socialist view of a fixed pie is it's it's almost like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy or something. It's because they basically their philosophy stops production in its tracks. And because nothing else is being produced, they've created the fixed pie. And then it's, yes, somebody getting something is taking from somebody else. But if you don't do that, then the pie can keep growing and everybody can increase their standard of living. But if as soon as you implement this ridiculous communist socialist um approach to the world you halt production in its tracks and you've created the fixed pie that you were railing against that didn't exist before you uh came into power so bravo socialists keep going i'm sure next time when you really get the real socialism it'll be a utopia so that's all we need we got to get that real socialism one of these days yeah yep (laughs) All right, we gotta we gotta wrap on that. I uh, I'll try to put something else out for the Substack this week. I think I'll have some time. I'm trying to come up with a, a topic I'm interested in in writing about. But I did. I am continuing to put out the trading videos for those of you that are subscribers, um, paid subscribers. You will get. You will keep receiving those. I have two left to do. I put one out yesterday. I think so. Um, hopefully you guys are at least enjoying those and you'll have time to sort of review them and figure out if they fit your trading style or maybe they'll create a trading style for you. And it's uh, a road you can go down to maybe create some alternative streams of income where you can do it from anywhere in the world and extricate yourself from that fucking hellhole that is uh, rapidly becoming the entire United States. <laughs> so. So check out the Substack. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We're going to do a live show Friday. Yes. Uh, might have to go early on that because my son has work that afternoon. But... Yeah, just let me know what, what time um, my Friday is open. And, yeah, you got anything going on? Anything you need to... uh, back on my back on my regular schedule now. I had an episode come out today. I've been doing uh, – started doing daily stuff again. So I will be back to back to the regularly scheduled everything from here forward. So cool. off of my vacation officially. All right. It sucks when that happens. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, until next time, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. <laughs>